Bones are amazing things. They hold us up. They support us. They make us strong. But bones have other uses. In the past, bones were thrown by diviners, seeking out the mysteries of the future. Now the bones are cubes, made of plastic or resin. But they still reveal things to us. As they fall from our fingers and rattle across the table, the story becomes clear. Welcome to Bone Thrower's Theater, an RPG actual play podcast. Hello and welcome to Bone Thrower's Theater. I am Jordan and this session and the next few episodes we will be playing Ten Candles. Uh, hi, I am Chris. This is Jeff. Johnny. And this is Jeremy. All right, so Ten Candles. This is a game of horror because we like horror games here at Bone Thrower's Theater. Everybody dies at the end. No spoilers. Everybody dies. Oh man! Yeah, but the point of the this game. Johnny's type game. Yeah, the the point of the game is to try and live your life as if your character still has hope. Okay. Basically, the lights of the world have gone dark. The sun has gone out. They don't know why. And then there is something mysterious out in the darkness that is hunting people down, killing them, converting them, doing things to them, and nobody knows what it is. Hmm. Spooky. Yes. So, the way that the game is played is actually played with ten candles, as the name implies. And what we'll do is we'll write down some ideas. Traits, concepts, moments, and brinks. Those are the things that we'll, some of the things that we'll write down. And then we will go ahead and continue. So, I'm going to go ahead and hand out two index cards. Right now, everybody can gets two. And Chris, would you mind lighting the th three candles next to you? So these candles are the timing mechanism of the game. The game will end will, when the candles go out. We have a fireproof bowl in the middle of here <laughs> uh, because we will be burning the, the things that we write on the index cards as we go throughout the game. Hmm. So now we are going to write traits. The first step in character creation is for the group to collect, collectively determine traits. These are one-word descriptive adjectives who, that define who a character is. Every character has two traits, a virtue and a vice. Virtues represent a trait which a character is proud of or that is otherwise helpful and positive. They should solve more problems than they should create. Vices, on the other hand, represent a trait which the character is ashamed of. So maybe an, an addiction, for example, something they deal with, something that they're fighting against, and they should create more problems than they solve. Some examples of virtues would be lucky, resourceful, watchful, merciful, daring, committed, handsome, hardy, streetwise, and strong. Examples of vices would be afraid, greedy, Regretful, addicted, naive, controlling, worrisome, compulsive, claustrophobic, or rash. So on your first card, go ahead and write your virtue. And on your second card, go ahead and write your vice. Now, also, this will define not only the characters, but the tone that the game takes as well. Okay. 
So like something like funny or awkward will tell a different story than paranoid or terrified. Does it need to be one word? One word. At the top of the card, just to make it clear, just go ahead and write trait. So as we talked a little bit off air about, when you go to roll the dice, any dice that you roll that that's a six is a success. Any dice that's a one would come to the to the storyteller, and that would become my pool to roll against you. Okay. Um, so when you come up against a time frame when you roll a, a, maybe a, a one or several ones, and you don't want those dice to come to me, you can burn your a trait card, and then use and then you can re-roll the ones that you've rolled. Okay. So now that you've written your traits, what you're going to do is you're going to take them and uh, you're going to pass one to one player and the other to the next. Your virtue to your right and your vice to your left. Okay, because that's the way I did it. So now you have two cards. <laughs> <laughs> what does it say? It's leadership and lazy. Jo so Johnny, you have... Lazy leadership. Lazy. You, like, you like to delegate. Leadership. Leader. Jeremy, what, what do your cards say? Uh, brave and greedy. Okay. Huh. All right, so mine are compassionate and callous. Oh. <laughs> How do those work together? They don't. They don't. You're fight, you're, he's fighting an internal battle uh, at all times. Compassionate on the surface, but deep down inside, I don't care. Okay. And Jeff... What do you have? That actually sounds a lot like me. <laughs> In real life? or uh, I have honest and vindictive. Ooh. Yeah, it could be a problem. All right. At this point, I'm going, to, I'm going to go ahead and introduce the module that we're going to use for the game. I'm going to read out the titles of the modules, and then I will let you all choose which one you want. And then I will read that to you. Dead Radio. Light in the Dark. The Last Boat. On the Dark Side. Night Studies. Adrift. With a Bang. Midnight Cabin. Armistice. Bunker. The Burning Man. Classics Conundrum. <laughs> dark Skies. Fear Itself, Final Descent, Gates of Valhalla, Majestic Bob's Last Show, <laughs> Miramar, Miskatonic Never Sleeps, New Beginnings, Pound Puppies, <laughs> Soul Soul, Stratham, The Devil's Hand is Idle, The Wedding Party, I'll go with the drift. Or what was that Dark one skies. that we all laughed at? Dark skies. <laughs> no, uh, majestic bobs last year. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, bunker sounded cool too. Bunker did sound bunker cool. Bunker and dark skies. Bun yeah, bunker, bunker sounded cool. All right, bunker. Bunker. Sounds bunker. like it's bunker. Yeah. The world is crumbling, but people in power have planned for this possibility. People like you. Ooh. Yes. A massive bunker has been constructed. A bunker capable of saving many from the arrival of them. They're coming. 
It only requires minor modifications to account for constant light production. Of course, it also needs to be determined who will be staying there, how many is too many, who gets to live, who must die. While the world is falling to pieces out there, you sit here in a dimly lit boardroom making decisions that will affect the future of the human race. But not even you can stay here for long. The buses to take you and your cohorts to the bunker are waiting. The lights have begun to flicker now. It's now or never. Areas of note. The boardroom, the elevator, the lobby, the buses, the city square, and the bunker. The goal. Decide who lives and who dies. Reach the bunker. Survive. All right, so now that the module has been introduced, the players should take a few moments to work out a basic concept of their characters, jot the information down on another index card, and then introduce them to the group. So let me go ahead and pass you another index card. So there are three things. Your name, or what you're called. Your look, how do you look at a quick glance. And then also your concept. In a few words, who are they, what are they? They're just a quick snapshot. No need to get into too much detail. I just made a uh, government manager. Government, oh God, I deal with them on a lazy leadership. Thanks. <laughs> I appreciate that. Okay. So, uh, George Glade. <laughs> he wasn't lazy. He was fanatical. Yes. And go ahead and give us your, your character's name. Oh, name. I didn't come with a name. <laughs> That's number one on the list, yeah, John. Yes, no, it was the first thing. Yes, but you know this thing I'm worse than. <laughs> for the concept? What, what kind of things are you looking for? So for a concept, concept could be, for example, in the the thing that they had written, they had said like a shaky-handed medic in training for the U.S. Army Reserve. Or okay. a local police sergeant who lost a lot of good men when they first showed up. Or a mysterious drifter with a dark past. Okay, All right. All right, so uh, I am going to be playing um, Senator Brightburn. I'm a 50-ish man with graying hair, but his probably his most distinguishing feature is that he has a very kind face. Um, so I have a public persona of a very giving, caring man, but I don't actually care about anyone other than myself. That explains you so much. That was probably the only compassionate and the callous. only way you could put that together. Yeah. <laughs> The name Brightburn is actually really cool because there's a movie called Brightburn, and it's a retelling of the Superman story, the origin story, as a horror story. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. I created Vance Doolin. He's a square-shouldered, square-jawed man with an eye patch and dark hair with wings at the temples. He's a ruthless board exec at the top tech company. Okay. Do you have a name now, Johnny? Sure. I'm Senator Blame. Senator Blame? Blame. Uh-huh. As in, don't blame me. Exactly. Uh, six foot, fit, business suit, likes being in charge and delegating, does not does no real work or decision making. Sounds good. And then Jeremy. My name is Evan Gilmore. Uh, clean cut, muscular build, 6'2", 240, clean shaven. Is a successful CFO of a new technology company. Um, everything comes down to what is going to get the most profit. So from what I'm hearing is that we have two senators and two businessmen. Uh-huh. Do you guys work for the same company? <laughs> Skynet. You're a board exec. Yes, I'm a board exec. And you're a CFO. CFO. So very well you could work together. Yeah. 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 Okay. Johnny, 
Yes. Can you please light three candles? Maybe. Yeah, I struggled a little bit. See, I'm already doing better than me. <laughs> I set a wall fire. What did that say? <laughs> Before he found out that it was illegal, Johnny's goal in life was to be an arsonist. So, <laughs> and it's still my dream job to be a pyrotechnician. So, Department of Tenement Inflations. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> the next step to character creation is for every player to determine what their character's moment will be. Moments detail a personal scene or event that will be played out for each character at some point during the session. Significantly, in living this moment, a character will have the opportunity to find hope. You might find this hope in an act of heroism, in solving a mystery about them, or the sunless sky, in completing a goal, in reaching an area of safe haven, or in some other accomplishment. To establish moments, each player will take another index card and write at the top, I will find hope, and then fill out the rest of the moment for your character. What were the examples? Um, I will find hope in a moment of prayer at a quiet church, when one of them lies dead at my feet, when the truth of the sky is revealed to me, when I find my sister dead or alive, in the contents of my stash back home, when the fallout shelter's doors close. Do you want these to not be broad? Do you want them to be specific? They can be fairly specific. For like example, like the finding hope in a quiet church or when one of them lies dead at my feet is pretty specific. But then when I find my sister dead or alive, that leaves a lot of wiggle room to it. Okay. It's probably one of the hardest things to, to actually come up with in the course of the game. So when a character is ready to live their moment, a conflict role is required. If the role is successful, hope is inspired. You have gained a respite of peaceful prayer. One of them falls in the storm of bullets, or the fallout shelter's door swing shut to you in safety. If the role is unsuccessful, hope is lost. Your respite of prayer is interrupted. With, with ease, they stand up to a hail of gunfire, or the door of the fallout shelter is shut tight, but you're still on the outside. These are only examples, but regardless of your moment, there is always a chance it may fall to pieces. Once the moment is resolved, either successfully or unsuccessfully, burn your moment. If hope is lost, you must immediately darken a candle. Play proceeds to the next section. If hope is inspired, the player is awarded with the hope die, which is the orange die that you have sitting next to you. So we don't actually start with these? Correct. Okay. You do not start with those. All right. Jeremy, would you light three candles? Burning really fast. At this point, everyone should have a good idea of the characters at the table, who they are, why they're there, what's going on, and maybe even the traits and future hopeful moments of your fellow survivors. For the next piece of character creation, I'm going to give you another card. At this point, you are going to write your brinks. Writing a brink is much like writing a trail. However, instead of describing who a character is, brinks describe what a character is capable of. Rather than representing the character as they are, brinks are hidden traits which show what the characters may become when pushed to the edge of fear, hopelessness, and desperation. When everything else is burned away, a character's brink is their last dark refuge. Whether a character will embrace their brink or eschew its temptations and refuse to give up hope is each player's decision to make. But in the shadows of the apocalypse, even the strong may give in to the darkness before inevitably realizing 
what they have become, and more importantly, what they have sacrificed. It should be a dangerous thing. They need not be rooted in violence in order to be dangerous, especially with them on the hunt. Brinks are meant to demonstrate that a character has broken, and while Brinks may create their own plethora of problems, the biggest problem should be amongst the survivors. Brinks should usually call a character's humanity, sanity, reliability, or trustworthiness into question. Now, I am included in writing Brinks. I am going to be writing a Brink for Chris. Jeremy will be writing a Brink for them, for the monsters that are in the dark. Hmm. At the top of your cards, go ahead and write, I have seen you. I have seen you kill, abandon, rage, lie, hide, cry, sacrifice, betray, freeze, promise, collapse, fight, run. I have seen you destroy what you care about most. I saw you on trial before the world went dark. Three dead, your family, you monster. I have seen you break down. While we were on the road, you lost it over this dead dog. You cried for hours. I almost left you behind. I have seen you worship them. You didn't see me, but I saw you, whispering prayers for them to spare your life. I saw them give you something, but I couldn't make out what it was. And for them, I have seen them move like shadows, shapeshift in front of me, howl at the pale moon, consume the dead, possess the living. And I know this is all an experiment. And they serve the witch in the woods. And they are the gods made manifest. So we're writing the brink for the person to our left. Correct. These we won't share. I appreciate this. It's something I would have written for myself. <laughs> Jeremy has the hardest job of yes. all of us in this one. I don't think it's hard. I think it's... Oh my gosh. <laughs> I can already tell that this game is hitting a lot of high points for Jeremy. <laughs> uh-huh. Because this honestly gives me guidance about what they are actually are. Because at this point, I don't know. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Embracing Brinks. After rolling to resolve a conflict, if your brink is active, you may choose to embrace it. This allows you to re-roll your entire pool. When a brink is embraced to the full pool of dice, it must be re-rolled, even dice that landed on a six. Once the re-roll is resolved, if it was successful, a six on regular dice or a five on a hope die or a six, the conflict is successful. You lose all of the one dice and proceed with narration as normal. Unlike traits with a successful brink re-roll, you get to keep the brink and may continue to embrace it in future conflicts. You may even embrace your brink again in the same scene. The brink basically gives you a re-roll. Yeah. Brinks need not be directly tied to overcoming an encounter in order to be used. They just need to be tied into the outcome <clears throat> narration. Now, at this point, we should have a brink, a concept, a moment, and two traits written on index cards. I should have a single brink. Over the course of the game, you will slowly work through these cards one by one, each of them burning away in time. The next step is to arrange the cards into stacks. Set the concept card aside, as that's for just for your reference, and stack the rest of your cards in whatever you want. Within the group, all brinks should be on the bottom, and ideally no more than one moment should be on top. Wait, what? We only have one moment, so... I think they mean traits. In other words, it has to be trait, moment, trait... Or it could be moment, trait, trait, brink. Oh, yeah. yeah. Your stack's done? <clears throat> yes. Mm -hmm. 
the one on top is what's active, but you are able to use the other other ones to influence your play, like your role play, especially your brink. While you may hint at your brink through role play, you should avoid succumbing to your brink outright before it becomes active. After that, go crazy. An active would be at the top. Yeah. Well, not burned. Now your character has whatever you've got in your pockets. Keys, keys, more keys. I have a, bat I have a battery, wallet, an iPhone knife. cable. It's keys and a wallet. Lint. Knives, keys, pills, phones. I love how everything you have is also plural. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> He's the only person I know that walks around with two cell phones. <laughs> I, I see a lot of technicians do that. Yeah. All right. Go ahead and light the final candle, Jeff. Yes. <laughs> All right. So when the scene ends, when there are no sixes in the in the dice pool, that's when the scene ends. We'll put out a candle, and then we'll we'll go into something that are called the truths, where we'll say together. I'll say I'll start off by saying, "We know these things are true. The world is dark." And then we'll each go around and say one thing that happens in the meantime. And then we'll all end saying together, and we are still alive. And then that the next scene will begin. All right. So you all are in the boardroom. It is poorly lit, as it is here in this room, now that we've turned out all the lights. This room is full of board games. Yes. <laughs> so we're in the boardroom. <laughs> we'll go ahead and say that you all are just now coming into the boardroom for the first time. You're just sitting down at the table. What do you all, what is your first priority? How much time do we have left to get to the bunker? It's a good question. Well, I'm assuming your company is monitoring the situation. So, what, do you have a report? 12 hours. So the bunker shuts or... So the bunker shuts or the power in this facility goes out. I thought the lights were already flickering. Yeah, here, so they're, we... they're starting to flicker. The lights are flickering now. Yeah. <laughs> Our generators will only last that much longer. And when do the bunker doors close? Right before then. So 11 hours to get to the bunker. Well, I guess that means that uh, we need to start deciding who who's in and who's out. Well, I have a list of five names of technicians that can actually run and upkeep the bunker while we're in there. So... Those are good to have. Yes. Well, before we... What's the hard cap on the, the capacity? capacity? What is the max capacity? Well, uh, the specifications you were given was to hold 50. Did you build it to specifications? I can tell you the money went in to build it to 50. Okay. So, if yeah. we have 50 people, and that's I think in our in the report that we had put together, we limited it to fifty because we need them to last as long as possible. And with the supplies we were able to put together, that was the number we we found to be the number. When you say as long as possible, what is it as long as to mean? solve the problem? We don't know how long it'll take to find the solution to stop them how and long, bring the light how back. How long this has been going on? A few days. A few days. We've had a few days to pull supplies together. The phone rings on the table. This is Senator Blaine. Speak. Uh, sir, this is security. I've got bad news. What is it? They've actually ripped holes into the into the diesel tanks for the generators. I think we have less time than we thought. 
do you have an estimate how much was lost? It looks like it happened about an hour and a half ago. Was it all the tanks or? Y yeah. Update on time? Assuming we lost 50%? I think we probably lost more than 75%. Assuming we lost 75%? We three have hours. That's yeah, three, three hours. hours. That's pushing it. That's three. so two to be safe. Yeah, because we'll need to get to the bunker. That's provided they haven't dug up the lines to the actual generator from the storage of fuel. So we need. We have an hour. Not a lot of time to basically secure Finalize the survival of the human race. Finalize this list. Notify the approved individuals and get to the bunker. Well, I think it also this limited amount of time limits the number of <clears throat> limits the people we can choose from. How long will it take them to get to the bunker? Well, so we're stuck. We're, we're a radius of people to pull from is gotten smaller. And I would say since we don't know how long this is going to last, we uh we said fifty is a small number. I mean, bring less than fifty people yes. in to ensure that we last as long as possible. Twenty-five. Well, you said you have five individuals, or all five of those necessary. Any one of those individuals should be able to. So one of those run five is necessary. One of those five. Do you do you have who's the best? The best on the list, unfortunately, is probably the person furthest from the bunker at this point. So do we waste time trying to get the best? Well, how long will it take him to get here? If we notify him now to get there, that he should have time, or will he, is he still too far? Ah. Uh, Get to the bunker. Uh, I, I, I mean, I. If he got to the bunker within two hours, is that possible? That's that's it's a stretch. But it's a stretch. What about your second choice? Who's the closest? The closest would be uh, Rodney. Guys, just as a point of order, if the candles go out, they're not relit. Mm -hmm. <laughs> we very nearly <laughs> lost three candles <laughs> from a dramatic sigh. <laughs> My bee. <laughs> Just Rod so you know, breathe carefully. Rodney Thompson Rodney is the Thompson. closest. Okay. Send the word then. I, I, I would say we vote. Send the this, hey, he's, he's in. capable of maintaining it on his own? Yes. All right. I mean, any of these five are capable. Okay, very well. Notified, Mr. Thompson. What about our hydroponics experts? That's, we need more than one of them? That's for food generation, correct? Yeah. So we need what two, three of them? Is one would one be fine? Three would be the best. Do you have names and locations? Can you notify them immediately? Can they be there within two hours? Well, two of them are together, and they're not too far away. So why don't we just say two for sure, and then if we have space, grab a third. All right. So that's three people. Phone rings again. Who is it? Security. Just so you know, we just lost one of our one of our outlying patrols. What's the status in the main building? Well, we don't know. All the the lights have been knocked out, and uh... but security-wise, are they close to the building? Or are they still on the outskirts? I think they're getting closer. Very well. Hang on. So let's knock this out quickly. Notify the these individuals. Is there anybody else essential? that is needed to run the facility. To run the facility, I think that that would probably, that's all we would need, food, and then upkeep of systems. Maybe medic. Okay. Stave off whatever sickness comes from confinement. We'll bring the medic that's in the building here with us. Yeah. They'll ride with us then, or whoever leaves from this room. And security? 
there's 10 security from this building that are already assigned to the bunker. That would be our Is 10 too much if we cut the size to 25? We need to go to the bunker with all 10 of them. There's a guarantee all of them will survive to get there. We were stocking for 50 to last, what was it, a year? So. All the lights go out. We need to go now. Well, yeah. it's time to move. Contact the necessary individuals. Okay. I'll call. I'll bring up the phone and give them give the list of names. No one answers the phone. Hey, no. It's just ringing. Okay. Where are we all? Just going. Anybody to get the list of people that we'd selected to get get a hold of them. Um, do we have any contact information for these so you, 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 I would assume that you would. It sounds like to, to successfully determine whether or not you can call them, you're going to need to make a roll. Okay. So I roll the... All ten dice. All ten? Yep. Any sixes? None. I have, a, I have two ones. Okay. Do you want to burn a card to re-roll those? Yeah, no. Okay. Um, then I take those two ones. And we go ahead and we put out a candle. We know these things are true. The world is dark. The building begins to shake. Flashes of light from outside. Now they don't create light of any kind. No. So that's interesting. Communications are down. And you hear shouting coming from outside. All together. And we, we are, are still alive. alive. We're going to go ahead and call that the end of the session. Thank you so much for listening. To find out what happens next, please stay tuned. Thank you for listening to Bone Thrower's Theater. We are releasing this podcast under a Creative Commons attribution, non-commercial, no derivatives, 3.0 unported license. That means you can share the podcast, but please do not modify it or try to gain financially from it. If you would like to visit our website, you can do so at bonethrowerstheater.com. If you'd like to send us an email, you can do so at bonethrowerstheater at gmail.com. Our Twitter handle is bonethrowerstheater. You can also look us up on Facebook and subscribe to our YouTube channel. And until next time, may the bones fall ever in your favor. This has been a Nerd Circle podcast production.